Okay, so now I wanna connect why we've talked about worldviews. Why do they matter? And how do they impact us as women? And specifically, how do they impact us as mothers? Because your worldview definitely impacts how you prioritize your children and the discipleship of your children. Here's the simple yet powerful truth. Christian parents are called to be the primary influences in our children's lives. We are called to be the primary influences in our children's lives. Not youth pastors, not teachers, not coaches, not grocery store workers, not grandparents, even though grandparents are a great ally in this discipleship work. Not social media, not television, but us. You need to be the primary influence in your children's lives, period. And we can't run from this responsibility. And so, and then here, be encouraged in this because I have sweet friends who are always like, I don't feel equipped to do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to disciple my kids. I don't know how to study God's word with my kids. Y'all, really, it's simple. And petition the Lord, ask the Lord for wisdom. He says repeatedly over and over in his word that if you ask him, he, will, he, he hears our prayers. He hears the prayers of the righteous. He desires to answer godly prayers as women seek his face to, to accomplish his will in their children. And so my encouragement to you is that the longer that you aim to be obedient to the Lord, you will watch as God equips you day by day to take one step and then the next to be obedient to him in his calling for you to disciple his children which are your children, but they're his children first and really for eternity. And then I want to encourage you with this. When I was pregnant with Maddie, our first child, I was not prepared for the reality that my role as a mother was part of my life's purpose and calling. I had no clue really how much it would dishevel my priorities and how much it would create disorganization in my life. But the Lord gracefully helped me to understand that my primary purpose, aside from being his daughter and a wife to my husband, during this season of life is to be a mother to my children. It's not the time for me to focus on all my energy on my career or to get in the best shape of my life or really to do anything that I would rather be doing. Instead, he was calling me to give my life away. And so that is my encouragement to you, moms. Give your life away. Give your life away. Lay it down, pour yourself out for your husband and for your children and for those around you that God would place in your path. Serve, teach, train, disciple, and discipline. And wash the dishes and sort the laundry and cook lots of meals. And do it over and over and over again, day by day. Charles Spurgeon encourages us that homemaking and child rearing are acts of worship to the Lord. This is a quote from Spurgeon. Those who think that a woman detained at home by her little family is doing nothing think the reverse of what is true. Scarcely can the godly mother quit her home for a place of worship, but dream not that she is lost to the work of the church. Far from it, she is doing the best possible service for her Lord. Mothers, the godly training of your offspring is your first and most pressing duty. So mama, be encouraged. How encouraging is Spurgeon to the mother who lives a simple, quiet life and is daily invested in the godly training of her children. 
We need to stop trying to do everything. Stop trying to accomplish every goal and to play every role and attend our, to our most pressing duty, which is the spiritual training of our kids. And mamas, we can rest in that. Like our goal really is to invest in the godly training of our children, period. We don't have to make sure they're involved in every extracurricular activity. We don't have to make sure they're academically five grades above where they need to be. We don't have to make sure we feed them organic foods because the culture tells us we should. We don't have to, whatever, all these crazy things that the, the culture would place upon us as a yoke. This is where I love that Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Literally what God calls us to do is to pour his word over our kids, to disciple them, to train them, to live out a life that is Christ-centered and to live it with joy with our kids and to enjoy our children and then to go out and be engaged in ministry, to serve, to love, to lay down our lives. Um, but really it's simple. It's not, we don't have to try to conquer the world and do it all because God doesn't call us to do that. And so rest and be encouraged in the simplicity of scripture and in the simplicity of our roles as mothers and be engaged in the discipleship of your kids. Deuteronomy 6 verses 5 through 7 is so sobering and so sweet. And it says this, Christ commands us to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. I was reading a great commentary about these verses, and these verses intentionally contemplate every chunk of the day. So that discipleship, the point is that discipleship should be happening, that we should be bringing the Lord to mind for our children repeatedly throughout the day and that that should be the focus of our conversation often and interwoven throughout all of the day every day and so and of course as we take them places as we teach them things as we eat lunch as we as we eat breakfast as we go to take a nap as we <clears throat> do all as we go grocery shopping. We can answer questions. We can talk about things. We can listen to worship in the car. Um, and then as we get together as a family, as we study God's word and dig deep into rich theology with our kids, oh, that's beautiful. That's what we're called to do. And so my challenge is, if you are not doing this, man, let us be about it. The one thing that Barna notes is this. This is a quote from him. Uh, he is the gentleman who collaborated and uh, collected all the data for the American worldview inventory. It says this, he says this, shockingly few parents intentionally speak to their children about beliefs and behavior based upon a biblical worldview. Perhaps the most powerful worldview lesson parents provide is through their own behavior. Yet our studies consistently indicate that parental choices generally do not reflect biblical principles or an intentionally Christian approach to life. And so y'all, this is crazy. Basically, Parents have walked away from the faith. The majority of parents of preteen kids right now have walked away from the faith. If we are not intentional to prioritize our time, then we can very quickly become buried under all of our time commitments, such that it suffocates discipleship and family worship. 
Obviously, extracurricular activities and commitments are not sinful or evil, yet to the extent that they displace family discipleship, then that's a problem. When we, I know that for us as a family, when we become overscheduled, uh, when we're out late with sports, dance, or other activities, like a lot of nights a week, then the first thing to get cut is family worship. We are all too tired, too strung out, and then, you know, kids are not, they can't, they can't soak up things at that late hour um, or when they're too tired or exhausted. And so instantly, one of the first things to get cut is family worship. I know I've said it a lot, but I just don't think that I can underscore it enough. We must prioritize the study of God's Word and worship as a family and have intentional time with our children to model a life surrendered to Jesus. And if we literally are apart from them the majority of the hours of the day, that's not happening. Here's a wake-up call. If your family life is centered around you and your husband's careers, extracurricular activities, and other busyness, then you and your children are spiritually starving and you have unknowingly adopted an unbiblical worldview. And I know that's blunt, but I just think, believe that that's the truth. And I think that if we are people who have eyes to see and ears to hear, that we need to be speaking and talking and encouraging children and parents. Uh, we need to be talking about the Lord. We need to be wrestling with people who maybe have walked away from the faith. And maybe we could start conversations and figure out why. And, may, and so we've got to learn to engage with the culture. And it's Titus 1.16. They're claiming to know God, but by but they deny him by their works. And so we've got to be able to see through that, to be able to encourage them where they are and to challenge them and pray that the Lord would wrestle with them in conviction um, for maybe people who believe that they are walking with and following Christ, but are not. Um, and then our hope is that they would, that we would all walk together, that we could link arms and walk together as we head toward heaven and live this life and try to persevere in this life. Um, and it's so hard. Parenting is hard enough as it is. But then when you're aiming to bring kids up in a, in a, with a biblical worldview in a culture that does not value biblical principles, we've got to help our kids appreciate why we see the Bible as true and historically accurate. And we need to help them to weigh the evidence uh, that demands a verdict. There is much evidence that supports the historicity of the Bible. Okay, so now I want to connect why we've talked about worldviews. Why do they matter? And how do they impact us as women? And specifically, how do they impact us as mothers? Because your worldview definitely impacts how you prioritize your children and the discipleship of your children. Our worldviews determine how we view our role as a mother and whether and to what degree we prioritize the discipleship of our kids. For sure, ladies, if I had, if I still maintained a cultural mindset, a syncretist worldview, then I would be working full-time, no doubt. I would be pursuing those dollar dollar bills and I would be making a name for myself. I would be building wealth. I would be rocking my suits and my high heels every day. I mean, there was a part of that life that I loved, right? Because it gave me validation from the world. Uh, I was highly educated. I got to rock nice clothes, drive a nice car. Man, I just felt intelligent going to work, you know? And that was amazing. And since God has called me out of my career and has helped me to cultivate a, an increasingly biblical worldview, I realize really all of that pales in comparison to the ministry that I have ahead of me in my home. 
the daily ministry that I have with all of the kids that are in my care and then all of the people that we come in contact with on the daily as we go about and do life as God has called us to do life. Oh, Larry and I also always joke that if we had both pursued career and if we had both gone to work full time, because we've seen it play out like this a lot, we would probably be divorced. We would have both thrown ourselves into career because that's what the culture does. That's what people do. And both of us as attorneys, we would have, we would have been working 10 to 12 hour days every day. Our kids would have been probably put in private school, uh, and then we would just have gone to work. I mean, our family would, <laughs> I feel like we would really have no real relationships with each other. And, oh, I just, to, to think of it now makes me very sad. Uh, because really for all of eternity, I would have been chasing all of the things that don't matter. And the enemy would have won, really in the battle in my mind. And my, somehow, if, when we have cultural worldviews, the enemy has won. Because we literally are we believe we're existing to promote self, to attain success, to live our best lives now, not with eternity in mind, because honestly, if we live according to that worldview, we don't care about eternity. We don't look toward eternity. And so, but as believers, it's remarkably different and it should be different. We literally live here with one eye toward eternity, knowing that that's, that's where our true life begins and ends i mean maybe not begins because once we become a believer then like true life abundant life begins even here on earth but so here's the deal let me tell you some of the lies that i had to peel back as onion layers when i first quit working and as the god began to help me to cultivate a biblical worldview and so some of you may be wrestling with these lies and i just want to call them out so that we can identify them as lies if you have a cultural or a syncretist worldview You've likely bought into the lie that you are more valuable if you can juggle motherhood and a full-time career. Somehow the culture makes us believe that if we can juggle a full-time career and motherhood, that we're more valuable than those of us who stay at home or more valuable than those who might work five hours a week to support their family and then spend the predominant amount of their time uh, in their role as a mom. Here's another lie. There is a perception too that women are more intelligent and more capable than their female counterparts if they can hold down a career and raise their children. So I think people in the world typically see you as more intelligent if you are working full time and still and being a mom, then there is somehow greater value, greater worth attributed to your life from the culture than it, as opposed to the, those women who spend their days quietly, steadfastly working in their homes. Uh, the syncretist worldview promotes the idea that full-time motherhood is really a rock bottom job only for those who have no other options. So basically the woman who's uneducated and barefoot and pregnant, that is the woman who would stay home and raise her kids and no one else. <laughs> it's what the culture, I feel like sometimes that's the vibe that the culture sends. Moreover, because we desire to bring in an income to be well-respected, relevant, and valuable to society, we've also sometimes bought into the lie that our children are not disadvantaged if we as Christian mothers pursue a full-time career. The enemy would love for us all to believe this lie that our missing presence is not detrimental to the discipleship of our kids. And so that's, some, that's a lie. The reality is there is no greater uh, 
there's nothing greater than the presence of, ch of parents in the homes of kids to be accessible to children, to teach kids, to pour into kids, to help kids to gain confidence, to work with them academically, to work with them spiritually, emotionally, in every way, to cultivate good things and pour in good things and to have great conversations, to read good books, to just to spend time together, to let your kids know that they are worth your time. Uh, that sends a huge message to our kids and does incredible things for them emotionally to help them to become stable in the world and as human beings in the world. Now, a Christian mom, so those are the lies that the culture would have us to believe, but a Christian mom, too, looks at her role as a mom in a completely different light. She feels the weight of the privilege and the responsibility to dedicate herself daily to the training, godly training of her children. She, together with her husband, desire to be the primary influences in their children's lives and in their spiritual training. They view their, their primary work to, is to teach the, their children the word of God and to model a life surrendered to Christ each and every day. And so careers, obviously, in and of themselves, they're not inherently evil. There's nothing bad about them. But if they interfere with your primary work, and then if you don't need if both you and your husband don't need to work full time in order to meet the needs of your family, then I would challenge you that you need to examine your priorities because it is, you can't, the, the option is there to simplify and sacrifice so that one of you can be at home teaching and training and discipling your children. And then Larry and I have seen, because none of this, none of, we didn't make these plans at all for ourselves, for me to come home and to be teaching and discipling our kids on the daily, but, the, but God. And God has established our steps. And Larry, with his career in ways that we did not ever see coming, God has blessed Larry's career. As I came home to be diligent in this home sphere, God has looked after our family through Larry's job as Larry was able to pursue career and dedicate time to career because then I was owning and managing our home. And so, oh, it's beautiful the way the puzzle pieces work together to make life go round. And then God is present in all of it and blesses your efforts, even in ways that you couldn't see coming uh, or ways that you would never have identified um, or thought of before walking in obedience to the Lord. And then as you walk in obedience, you begin to see sometimes little hugs from God is what I call them, where there's just a little gift from the Lord that you know is from him or by his hand as he looks after you as you answer his calling in motherhood. Love you, friends.